when I first came up after that accident and looked over at my arm, my first question was, I wonder if that arm is still attached to my body. Welcome to Longleaf Breeze, subsistence farmers using three simple principles, approaching but never reaching subsistence. It's got to be fun while we're doing it, and we don't make all misstatements. And now, Lee and Amanda Borden. Thanks, Adrian, and welcome to our podcast of July 12, 2012. That sort of grisly introduction to our podcast today is by way of letting everybody know that in a very short second, life changed for us. We hope not permanently, but it has changed for the moment. Um, I was water skiing on Friday afternoon, and I took a bad fall and um, dislocated my shoulder, and I guess you were in the middle of explaining all that. Well, I was going to, actually, I was going to tell you, since it's your story, I'll let you tell it from your perspective. Um. And in the process of dislocating my shoulder, that part was fairly easy to correct, frankly. Um, I also damaged my brachial plexus, the main nerve that serves my left arm. And that's the part that has us all very concerned. Because right now, I have very limited sensation in my left arm and almost no motor control. I can barely touch my thumb and index finger together, but not with any strength. I can bend my elbow up, but not with any strength, and I cannot extend anything. So um, we are, needless to say, quite spooked about all of that. Yeah, it was really so scary the night we were at the ER in the wake of this um, injury after they had reduced your shoulder which is a way of saying they put the put the, it back in the socket after the dislocation but the doctor kind of pulled me aside and said you know we kind of hoped that he'd get his sensation back that he'd feel something that he could move after this and that's not happening um, and and that night Friday night July 6th there was you couldn't you couldn't move or feel anything at all. I mean, the, the arm was just dead. But by the next morning, you were beginning to get a little bit of sensation back, a little bit of movement. And so ever since we've been hopeful, and I think the most hopeful we've been is today, after having um, our orthopedist look at three MRIs they did of the area, who said, you know, you've got nerves that are not, we can almost for sure tell from the MRI, they are not broken. They are not um Torn. Torn, right. The 50-cent word for it is avulsion. I do not have an avulsion of of any nerve. Right. But it still is a long road back, and he didn't pull any punches, saying it's going to require a lot of patience for you to get through this. So, um, And and he's hoping to avoid surgery, but if, you know, time goes by and we don't have spontaneous reconnections and things happening, then that might be in the, in the cards as well. So the regimen starts tomorrow. Uh, I have a 7 o'clock a.m. appointment with a physical therapist in Tallahassee, Don Crane. I'm about to uh, get to Tom. know... Tom Crane. Sorry, Tom Crane. I'm about to get to know that gentleman very well. 
and I'm going to be experiencing, uh, no doubt, a great deal of pain at his hand during the next few months um, as we work to restore more and more functionality to my left arm and hand. So we thought we would focus today's podcast on how we are planning to conduct life on the farm with the the main worker farmer, me, reduced to one arm. Yeah, and, and we really think that has ramifications for others who might have some sort of, I hate to use the word disability or limitation. I don't. In, in the physical. It's a disability. Yeah. It's a handicap. It's a limitation. It's all those things you may want to avoid, but, but it's true. they all apply in this case. You don't really appreciate how much you need to use both hands or both arms for certain tasks until, voila, one morning you get up and you can't do it or, you you know, you, you only have one arm to do um, that task. Now, the good news is it's your, your right hand still has the feeling and the mobility. The injury was to the left and you're right-handed. So the dominant hand is still able to do whatever. So that means, for example, I can sign documents without any trouble as long as somebody else will hold the paper for me. I've been doing that. <laughs> and that's right, and I appreciate it. It means that I can continue to uh, type mm-hmm. on the computer. Yeah, yeah. And I can, uh, you know, when we finish this podcast, I will edit it. I will do it much more slowly than I would normally edit a podcast, but I'll be able to do it and get it published and uploaded and all the things that have to be done to the podcast. Uh, which naturally fall to me, I will do all those things. It'll take me longer than it normally does, but I'll get them done. And we know that I am able to drive our street vehicles. Yes, um, we're glad we have automatic transmission right now. <laughs> aren't we, though? Um, so that's a, that's a blessing that uh, I can travel as needed. Um, so that much is good. So now, what is it that I cannot do? Well, I cannot operate either tractor, either Scamp, our Kubota, the four-wheel drive, or tractor, the big boy, the John Deere. Both of those really take two good hands to operate, and I don't know of any way I'd be able to operate either tractor with one hand. Yeah, so we do have some help right now. At the moment, um, Eli, our son-in-law, and Adrian, our daughter, who, um, his wife, and of course, Adrian's our announcer, uh, they are here with us, and Eli is in the beginning stages of learning how to drive um, Scamp, the tra- that tractor. And, and tractor. And tractor. Oh, both. Okay. Yeah. And so he's going to learn to bush hog the trails. In fact, I would say Eli is thoroughly competent on Scamp. The problem is the bush hog is attached to it's tractor. It's attached to tractor, yeah. And so in order to operate the bush hog, he needs to be, operate, be able to operate mm-hmm. tractor, and, which and is more complicated. Tractor's harder to drive, takes more thought. It's less intuitive, so forth. Um, and so he'll be with us through the end of this month and can get it, hopefully, get uh, the bush hogging done so that it's not until the end of next month, August, that it, it looks really bad again or it's grown up a lot. In which case, we don't know. You may have a lot of your functionality back by then. And at the very least, we may have to hire somebody to come bush hog. And, of course, at, at some point, we head into the 
the growing season ends and we head into the time of year that we don't have to bush hog anyway. So That's right. Um, and, and, and also in the meantime, we can live with trails that are not quite so yeah, smoothly groomed right. as they might otherwise yeah, be. Yeah, we don't have any big hiking expeditions coming to the farm anytime soon. That's right. And we won't plan any until this is... Uh, until your arm has returned as much to normal as possible. Um, so if we needed, we could call on friends or, as I said, maybe hire somebody. Uh, mowing becomes an issue because uh, the orchard grass needs mowing, and you use that quick dually for that. And also the um, the rows out on Veg Hill, you've been mowing those for me with the regular lawnmower. Also the regular lawnmower. I think, is that the one you use for just our lawn, our grass around? The lawn and grass around the barn are with the quick dually. Quick dually also. So we're hoping I can learn to use those lawnmowers. um, And if I have trouble getting them started, you'll be there to help with that. Um, But, you know, the lawn may not always look as good as it does now. That's right. We may end up with uh, rougher looking lawns and a rougher looking orchard. You know, the orchard we cut not so much because the orchard trees demand it, but because it makes it more pleasant for us to get out there and enjoy right. being close to the fruit trees. But, but I think I can do it, and, and I'll get a lesson. <laughs> I'll, I'll report on that later. I don't know how that's going to go, but we'll try. Um, general maintenance. One thing I thought about that's a positive that we want to be sure and mention, which is you can still prune your fruit trees. I can still prune because that can really be done with your right arm only. And I can prune with my right arm, and then I can put my pruners into my tool belt, and then I can, you know, manipulate the branch I just clipped with my right arm and so forth. It's slower, but I can do that. Uh, The problem we run into is that often when I prune, I am also training, and the main tool I use for training is stretch tie. And you'll need help material. to tie that. And right now, our daughter Adrian is going to be here to help you with that. And then after she's gone back, then I'll be around and I can always help with that. That's so right. So we, we have a plan. We have a plan. Um, we, you know, living on a farm the way we do, every now and then you have a tree fall in an inconvenient place and you have no choice but to cut that tree up and get it out of the way. And if it's across your driveway, you probably need to... Um, Sooner rather than later. I was going to say, you got to deal with that problem sooner (laughs) rather than later. And the way that we're accustomed to doing that is Lee gets the chainsaw after it and gets the problem solved. Well, I cannot operate a chainsaw with one arm. That just won't happen. And I don't operate chainsaws. so. (laughs) So in a pinch, I will need to teach you how to operate the chainsaw. Uh, that is not something that's exciting to you, and it's not something I'm, I find exciting either. But in a pinch, that's what we'll have to do. And then the other pinch possibility is you can use your axe and one arm. Yes. What I told you today is that if you try to use the chainsaw and you just genuinely cannot do it, I can always get the axe and swing it with one arm or you can swing the axe for that matter. Oh sure. And we can solve the problem eventually. We can it take will be turns very yeah. slow. Yeah. But we can eventually get the problem solved. Mm-hmm. Okay. So um, that's the plan for sort of general maintenance. You know, hammering, screwing, you know, drilling, that sort of thing. Chances are you and I working together, we're going to be able to make that happen because I can do most of that with one arm particularly if you are there to hold a screw for yeah, me or yeah. to, you know, hold something else while I operate the drill or something like that. So I'm, I'm really not too worried about that. 
it's more the larger power tools that um, are going to present a, a difficulty. You know, I've also given some thought to what happens in the kitchen. You and I have an unusually egalitarian approach to cooking. Mm-hmm. I, I cook my share, you cook your share. And neither of us has unquestioned dominion in the kitchen. And when I cook, I'm accustomed to doing a whole lot of chopping as part of that. The cooking itself is not a problem, but the chopping it would get to be a big yeah. challenge. And I, I know that there are some vegetables I chop for you even now because you don't like to do it. Like when we have collards. That's true. You I do a lot of the chopping for you. Um, and I'll just continue to do that and do even more of it. And if we need to, we'll get some. So I do have a food processor, and that's a two-handed operation. But the good news is the chopping goes pretty fast, and I can get that down and, and uh, get that done. But you should not be operating a food processor or a blender. So that will be something I have to take over. Yeah, I don't have any interest in operating a fast-moving electric appliance unless absolutely necessary. We did have a a conversation, I neglected to include it on our outline here, about uh, dealing with laundry. Specifically, Mm -hmm. you're going Mm -hmm. to be leaving me in, in August to help Adrian get moved back to California. And when you do, I will be uh, uh, without any help from you on laundry for 10 days. But I'm going to try to do your laundry before I go. So what we decided is, yes, I, in a pinch, I can hang out clothes on the line. Uh, or put or them in the if necessary, I could actually put clothes in the, Electric. can you believe it, dryer. <laughs> we never use the dryer these days. But yeah, if I needed to, I could use the dryer. And the good news is or, we have that. More importantly, and as you uh, already pointed out, the most important strategy is I have more than 10 days worth of clothes. So if I start out that 10-day period with clean clothes, then I should be fine. And we'll make sure that you do. And your friends will want to know that you have plenty of clean Won't clothes. Won't they, though? They will be grateful <laughs> to know that I have yeah. clean clothes. And you know, one thing we haven't talked about it, that relates to kitchen is food preservation. Remember all that canning we did last year? That won't happen. We, well, you don't think I could do it by myself? Oh, yeah, as long as you're there. Yeah, but while I'm, you're gone. No, yeah, I'm not saying you should do it while I'm gone. I'm saying together we can do food preservation still. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, we can make a stew. We can mm-hmm. um, can some beans if we need to or mm-hmm. can some of that okra. Oh, gosh. I think we decided we're not canning okra anymore. We would rather freeze it. We did decide I did that have better okra luck with that. freezes better than it cans. So what we will be doing anyway. is yeah. freezing. You know, I guess what we'll do, we cut it up first? I didn't know. And, and this is probably. Freeze it whole. This is not exactly the topic for du jour today. But for those of you who have ever thought about, who have a lot of okra the way we will be, because my plants are just, I have some plants Amanda's that are. Amanda's out of control with I'm okra I'm out of control and I love it. But, um. If you have a lot of okra and you can't eat it all at one time, then but you want to save it for winter, then I this worked great last year. I took it and treated it the way I do my tomatoes. I take a um, baking sheet and put it in the deep freeze, just flat, with the okra not touching each other. Just lay out individual pods. I mean, and if you have a lot of okra, yes, that's a slow process, but it's worth it. Because then after each individual pod freezes, you... Um, Take it and put it in a Ziploc bag. Burp as much air out of it as you can or use one of those, the vacuum-type sealing bag. Stick it in your deep freeze. And then when you pull it out later, 
it's excellent for stews or soups. I mean, yes, it's not going to have exactly the same consistency it did like any other vegetable that you freeze, but you can cut it up and put it in stew and it'll still taste wonderful. And the other way that I fully expect we will preserve our okra is we will go ahead and make soup and freeze yes, the soup. Yes, that's another we'll, thing we did last we'll year. We'll do a lot of soups and stews as the season wanes, as that okra just keeps pumping out and pumping out and pumping out. And we'll put up quarts and quarts and quarts and quarts of stew that is our mainstay during the winter. Yeah, it's really nice to have that too. So, But anyway, it's been... Uh, unfortunate that we've had to reflect on this today because of we're just so sorry that it happened Um, but on the other hand as I said earlier we hope that by sharing this and as we continue to deal with the handicap that we face the problems that we face um, in connection with your injury that maybe we can help other people maybe some of you who might be dealing with the same kinds of issues maybe for totally different reasons um, we'll see that take hope from it Um, and if you have stories to tell us that give us hope we'd look forward to hearing about them (laughs) and I guess it's a time like this when you are reminded of the power of the gift economy we have so many friends and we are so grateful that they stand ready to help us any way they know how and this will be one of those times when we do, in fact, call on our friends. We already have. Actually, one friend really helped us to get in touch with the, the um, orthopedist and get an immediate appointment in the, because the, the ER doctor said you basically need to go ahead as soon as you can and see, see an orthopedist. Um, we have other friends who've been so kind and generous with their time and the caring they've expressed on Facebook by email, phone calls. Uh, you got your first Get Well card in the mail. Uh, know, shout cool. out to Larry and Pat Sharpton. Thank you. Thank that was you. so nice. Um, that we just, we realize when all is said and done that we are extremely blessed. And we're very grateful. And uh, we hope that the subject of next week's podcast will be considerably more upbeat yes. than this one. We will. We promise to keep it light yeah. as much as we keep can. Keep it gay. Keep it gay. <laughs> well, if they haven't seen that musical, <laughs> that might not have a context to it. But uh, what is the musical? What am I remembering? Oh gosh, it's the one that has springtime for Hitler in it. I'll think of it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, but a fun musical. Uh, Matthew Broderick. Keep it gay. Nathan Lane. Keep it gay. Yeah. Well, uh, we bid you and your family farewell, and we look forward to visiting with you again next week. You've been listening to Longleaf Breeze with Lee and Amanda Borden. You can call the farm at 334-625-8682. Send email to letters at longleafbreeze.com. Our address is P.O. Box 780-446, Tallahassee, Alabama, 36078. Visit us at longleafbreeze.com to learn more about the farm, to browse our archive, and to look over our planting database. You can also read the daily farm log and check in with Lee and Amanda. That's longleafbreeze.com. Thanks for listening. See you next week.